0: Good morning, Church. It's wonderful to be with you. If you're just joining us, welcome to the A M Church and welcome to Mission Sunday. So I like to say, and you've heard me say the last couple of weeks, one of the many, many things I love about this church is that every Sunday here really is Mission Sunday, because for a hundred years, this is a church that has been about not just talking about or thinking about or once a year kind of thinking about the the mission of God in the world, every week, is an opportunity for us to renew our commitment by the power of God to live out the mission of God in the world. And uh, we even have some of our students that are gone today doing that very thing. It happens, and then I love our children. Um, Church, here's your opportunity. You only need 97,000 now because they already did 3,000 for you. So good good job with our kids. But they're participating in the very mission of God, not just in moments like that, but at every day. We celebrate that. In fact, this is a good Sunday. I like to do this every year, and we do it throughout the year anyway, just to remind you of our vision here at this church, right? I mean, we know God, is, God has a vision, God has a mission, but we express it in ways that are personal to us in this time and season of our lives. We talk about our vision is everybody that we have an opportunity to have some influence over or with, we want to help them find hope and live with purpose. Uh, and, and when we talk about this idea of finding hope, this isn't some idea. that's not a virtue of hope. Hope for us is found in the very person and life of Jesus. So if you find your life centered in the life of Jesus, you will have a hope that cannot be taken away. And that's our goal for the mission work that we do here and around the world and in our own lives. We find hope. And, and the cool thing is when, when you have Jesus, the center of your life, you already have a purpose for your life. We didn't invent the purpose. He gave it to us. Uh, One of the ways that we see this is in Matthew 28. He gives this thing called the Great Commission. He said, as you go, is literally what it says, as you go throughout your life, you make disciples. And so the purpose we want people to discover as they find their lives in Jesus is to be disciples who then make disciples of others. That's why Mission Sunday is not a Sunday. It's our life. We are students of the life of Jesus and we make that of others. This idea of discipleship. What is disciples? I love the, just thinking about the concept of this. What we are inviting people to become are lifelong students of the greatest life that ever lived. Isn't that great? I and mean, that's what discipleship is all about. And that's our vision here. And then we put together what we call our discipleship pathway. What, what does it look like to live that mission out on an ongoing basis in our lives? A simple way to think. How do I keep growing in my life of faith? These three movements of the path. Of being disciples who make disciples we are practicing one part of it right now we meet up like that's a real thing we meet together to worship our God to seek our God to pursue the heart of our God we do that corporately and I hope you're practicing meeting up with the Lord on a regular basis how how does God speak to you how do you communicate to God that's the first movement in this The second one we call plugging in to find real community Right? Because we know, as cool as this is, you're not going to know anybody meaningfully in this gathering alone. So, plugging in is is finding an increasingly smaller group. Here's the way I think about plug in. To have some environment where you can know and be known by others. To know and be known by others. And so, we have Bible classes. And then we have small groups. And then the most intimate Places. We have formal and informal discipleship groups where men walk along in the lives of other men and women walk with other women to literally practice the life of Jesus. Now what happens if you continually meet up with the Lord and you practice the life of the Lord in community, you will live that message out. And that's what this Sunday really is about, is reminding ourselves of that part of our mission here to live out. And I love Bailey gave us this image, did a whole series on this, kind of the ripple effects of one act of faithfulness, one life following Jesus will have an impact that will spread literally throughout the world. That's what we're doing here. And when we were looking forward to Mission Sunday, I thought, okay, we're doing this series on the Holy Spirit. I thought, well, I'll end it before Mission Sunday do a standalone or I'll just kind of do something individually here. And I thought, no, this fits perfectly with what Jesus has been talking about. We've been doing a series on the Holy Spirit, and there's one of the statements that Jesus makes. We've been really focusing in the book of John and in the last several weeks in this section of the book of John, the night before Jesus died, the farewell discourse in John 14 through 16, where Jesus tells us about the Holy Spirit. Well, there's one of those statements that Jesus makes that I think fits beautifully with what we're about here on Mission Sunday. So if you have your Bibles or your devices, turn to John chapter 15. We're going to look at two verses here where Jesus gives the fifth of uh, the fourth of, of five statements about Holy Spirit. We did the sixth, I mean the fifth last week, and then we we're coming back to catch this one. John chapter fifteen. We're going to read twenty six through twenty seven. Would you please stand out of respect for God? A little gesture that we make just to say thank you, God, for being a God who reveals Yourself to us. And you see the words on the screen after I read in yellow that, that we will all say together. This is the word of the Lord, when the advocate comes, Jesus says, when the advocate comes who I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify for you have been with me from the beginning. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated please pray with me. Father God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When I chose the title for the sermon this week, I had in mind uh, a show that I've enjoyed over the course of several years. There's been many forms of it. It's also called To Tell the Truth. And the most recent version of this uh, Anthony Anderson and really his mother are the host of the show. I think it literally actually got canceled this year, but it's a, it's a great rendition. I, it'll probably be back, but it, it, it's a, it's a cool concept because what they do is they have three celebrities that will be on the show, and the job of the celebrity is to find out which of the three contestants on the show are actually telling the truth, because one of the three contestants will be somebody who has a fascinating story or a really interesting identity in this particular show. One of them was literally a mission impossible kind of person. Uh, They knew how to disguise themselves in ways that they could go on mission around the world. And again, two of the three are lying the whole time. And one of them is telling the truth. And by asking questions, uh, the celebrities have to figure out which one is the truth teller. Now I love this show but I'm horrible at figuring it out. I'm so gullible, like I buy into all the lies. I'm always wrong. My wife is a Jedi at this. Literally, I'm not making this up, but they'll be standing at the front, introduce themselves. She'll say, lying, lying, that's the one I want. And she's right, like most of the time. Now, here's the thing. I look at this show and I think, here's what's interesting to me. This isn't just a game show. Do you realize that what is played out for fun on this show is actually what you and I are doing every day in our lives, really from both sides of it. Think about it this way, all of us are playing the role of the celebrity, we're sitting in that seat in our lives every day in this world, because every day, as I've said before, every day you wake up into a world that is full of lies and you'll be lied to every day. You're going to have all sorts of different visions and thoughts and philosophies and ideas about who you are and the best way to live life. And we're going to be lied to every day. We're exposed, I think somebody said, to 10,000 advertisements. It's either a day or a week, I don't know, but it's a lot. And there's people whose job it is, nothing wrong with advertisement if you're in that, but there's people whose job it is to tell you what you need, what you want, what you don't have enough of, and some of that can get to the core of our identity. And literally, our job in our life every day is to get up and ask the question, what is true? Of all these voices I hear, what's true? Do you realize this isn't just a game show? It's life. But you know, we also play the role of the contestants as well. Because we also know that every day of our lives, we're invited to live out our true identity. And sometimes we do a great job of that. And if you're like me, sometimes I fail miserably. And I'm living out who I wasn't created to be, intended to be, or want to be. We all struggle, don't we? Sometimes with our words and our actions, we tell the truth about who we are. Sometimes we do not. Do you realize it's not just a game show? It's life. And I want you to understand the stakes are incredibly high anytime someone gets up and takes a stand to tell the truth, whether it's formally in a courtroom or whether it's speaking into truth about life. The stakes are incredibly high. I'll just give you a short summary in the interest of time here, but I I, I want to, to just give you a sense of how I experience this in the legal world. The first case that I really ever worked on of any significance after I passed the bar, I was working for a a law firm in in Richmond, Virginia, and we had a multi-million dollar contract dispute. And and in that case, I did a lot of work to prepare evidence and witnesses and and testimony and all this kind of stuff, And, and I'll just, long story short, we lost that case. Our client lost the case on the stand with one sentence. He got up and he testified to something, it made a bunch of stuff inadmissible, we lost the case. He lost multi-million dollar case with one sentence when he took the stand. By the way, to this day, I still don't know if he was telling the truth for the first time on the stand, and he kind of deserved to lose that, or actually my research had told me that he was probably telling the truth before, and he just was so scared and nervous he just didn't get it out right. But either way, we understand in a moment like that, the stakes are incredibly high anytime you step into the role of trying to be someone that is telling or discerning the truth. Now here's the reality. The stakes are so much higher than just money. Especially when we think about Mission Sunday, but not just Mission Sunday, the mission of our lives. Let's think about it this way. What we need more than anything else in a world like this one is some credible witnesses to tell us the truth about life, about what matters most. And here's what's so glorious about this passage, this short little passage that we just read. That's exactly what Jesus promises us in the gift of his Holy Spirit. In fact, when you think about the title of the show, it actually points out a central calling of life itself, to tell the truth. That's part of the calling of life itself, is to be truth tellers and truth hearers in a world that is wrestling with all of that. Here's a way to think about that. I know my calling because I know my creator, and if we learn about the nature of God, we learn about who we are supposed to be. And one of the things Jesus makes clear in this short little passage is that Holy Spirit is passionate about the truth. Here's a way to think about it. One way to learn about any person is you learn their names, not just their formal names, but their nicknames. What are they called? We learn about people from what they are known for and what their names are. Well, we've been doing that all along the most Frequently used name in the book of John in this section for Holy Spirit is paraclete. The one who walks alongside or stands alongside or comes alongside of us. Five different paraclete statements in the book of John. This is the last one. We've covered all the rest. But the second most frequent name of the Holy Spirit in the book of John is the one you see here in two other places. He calls Holy Spirit the Spirit of Truth. Central part of the calling of our lives is truth. Why? Because Holy Spirit of God is passionate about truth. The Holy Spirit loves truth. And here's why to think about that. Let's kind of turn the diamond a little bit and look at different facets. Of what do we mean when we talk about this concept of truth? Well, truth, in Jesus' mind, in this passion of the Holy Spirit, truth has a content to it. It's not just an kind of abstract idea. Truth has a content to it. Uh, To say it differently, Jesus came to give us an actual way of life to live out in the world. We mentioned it before. Let me say it again. One of the most important verses in the book of John. If you were to ask Jesus, why did you come as the Son of God to be incarnate physically as a human being in the world? He says in John 10 verse 10, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. I came to give you life and to give it to its absolute fullest. Jesus has an actual content in the vision of Jesus' mind and heart that he wants you to live out. Or to say it more specifically, in one of the first statements we looked at in John 14, Jesus says when the paraclete, the advocate, comes alongside of you, he will testify, Sorry, teach to you and remind you of everything that I said. In other words, Jesus is saying the words I'm giving you actually matter. Truth matters. The words of Jesus, the way of life of Jesus actually matters. Here's another way turn the diamond a little bit more. Another sense of this. What, this word truth, I want to think about it from a Jewish and an Eastern perspective because if you're like me, I usually hear the word truth and I think about it from a Western perspective. You may not Be familiar with thinking about that way, but we we in America are really saturated by Western thinking coming from the Greeks all the way up to today, and there's nothing wrong with that, but sometimes we need to see and remember that we have an Eastern religion, we have a Jewish first faith, and the idea of truth in a Western mind, in a Greek mind, has to do with propositions and statements and facts. There's nothing wrong with that, that's part of it. But a Jewish mindset, it's much richer than that. The word true or truth to a Hebrew or Jewish mindset means trustworthy, reliable, faithful. Think about the difference with it. It means genuine and authentic. I was trying to think about this. There's one place in our way of speaking where we still use true in that sense of the word. This is what we'll say. If you want to describe somebody that you can bank on, you can always count on, you might say about him or her. That they are faithful and true. They're true to their word. Do you feel that difference? You're not talking about a proposition or a fact. You're talking about someone you can bank on. Someone that you're reliable. Now put the two ideas together. Jesus said, I came to give you a way of life. By the way, you can count on it. You can bank on it. It's true. It's authentic. It's genuine. It's real. It's trustworthy. Now think about the incredible gift of the Holy Spirit of truth working the mission of God in the world. You know, we don't start any of it and we don't finish any of it. Holy Spirit's been on mission for a lot longer than we have. And let's just think about two examples of what our incredible mission action group leads us in in this way. Just two examples. One, I think about Ukraine. What is the Holy Spirit of truth doing there? Now, there's so many things, but just one thing that pops in my head. Isn't it amazing we have the Holy Spirit going into Ukraine and telling them what is genuine, real, and true, and reliable, and trustworthy about the world? You know, one of the messages of the Holy Spirit, I bet, is trying to get across to the people of Ukraine, is that there is a higher power out there and a mightier power than that crazy dude in Russia. Do You think that's an important truth? That the spirit of truth is testifying in that place? There's a mightier power than the one you see on TV and on the news. He is at work and he's gonna fix this broken world. That's a powerful testimony. By the way, this is really important. I know everyone on the Mission Action Group would say this and anybody that's ever done mission work. We don't just go there to tell truth to other people. We get blessed to receive the truth that God is doing already in them. You heard Brian talk about that with Victor. Isn't that true? We see in the lives of the people that are already there that Holy Spirit has been working in such a way. We learn about resiliency. We learn about faithfulness. We learn about hope from the people of Ukraine that we get a chance to serve. Is that not true? Why? Because the Holy Spirit of truth is working there. Or I think about Camp of the Hills. Think about we have an opportunity to go and work with an organization that's helping children, most of whom have never seen a whole stable family at home. Guess what Holy Spirit of Truth gets to tell these kids? They belong. And they belong to a family that is bigger and more marvelous than anyone they could ever imagine. It's the family of God. And by the way, when we go and serve there, ask anybody that's ever done this. You don't just go and serve and bless them. They will bless you and teach you. And guess what Holy Spirit teaches us again and again? The most difficult life, the most painful life, the most ugly background can become the canvas on which God paints the most beautiful picture. And we'll learn about life and light and beauty and hope in the lives of these children. Holy Spirit teaches us too. Do you see the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And the central calling of our life is to give and receive being truth tellers in this world. Isn't it awesome? Now one more facet I want to turn to because this is what you see especially in the book of John. and This is so beautiful. When we come to the idea of truth, did you know truth isn't even just a way of life? Because we're still thinking about an idea. Listen to this. In the book of John and for Jesus in Scripture, truth is a person and not just an idea. It's not just a way of life. Truth is a person. How do we know this? Listen, when we are called to testify, invited to testify, we're not talking about an idea or a way of life. We're talking about a person. The beginning of this whole discourse, Jesus says in chapter 14, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Or as my teacher used to say it, and it really stuck with me this way think about this. He said, In the book of John, truth has a capital T, (laughs) truth is a person. Jesus says, I don't just give you true things, I am truth itself. And when Holy Spirit testifies to truth, and when we have the opportunity to tell the story of Jesus, we are testifying about a person, not about an idea. Now, I don't know about you, but that changes everything for me. See, I grew up, nobody intended to give this to me, but when, when I heard missions and witnessing and that kind of stuff, I somehow got the idea that the goal, uh, what I had to do, is go out and tell everybody else where they were wrong. Like, I got it right, and I know the right information. Let me tell you, all the places you're wrong, and you could kind of be right, and wouldn't it be great to be right? And here's the problem with that. First of all, nobody wants that. Secondly, nobody wants to do that. You ever invited to a door-knocking campaign? Let me kind of go tell you all the ways you're wrong. Look, there's nothing wrong with knocking on doors. I'm just saying I didn't want to do it. But what if my job was not go to tell people information, but to introduce them to a person? And all of a sudden, that becomes so natural to us, right? Here's a way to think about it. Imagine someone in your life that is the most fascinating person that you know or one of them. Think about someone in your life that's one of the most interesting people you know. I can tell you in in the course of the last couple months, one of those people for me is sitting right back there, and I warned you, I was going to tell you this, Jonathan Hawkins. I I love the conversations we're able to have after Wednesday night class. It was a couple weeks ago, we, we, I don't know, we were there for 45 minutes, right? And I came up and interrupted uh, Patrick and Tim and kind of jumped into your conversation. And I'm telling you, I'm not making this up. When I left, my face hurt. I know it hurts you too, but my face hurt because he, he had me laughing for like 30 minutes. He's telling stories. I won't tell your stories, but he's telling some stories about he, he wonderful sense of humor. But listen, Jonathan has also shared with me just beautiful experiences of the Holy Spirit working and speaking to his life. Here's an incredible man in the room. Now listen, why do I say that? I did not get home from church before I picked up my phone and called my wife and I said, "Let me. I know you've met him before, but you've got to get to know this guy. He is fascinating. Jesus says in verse 27, do you know what the qualification is to be on mission for Jesus? He said, this is why I'm saying this to all of you, verse 27. You must testify. Why? Because you have been with me, he said. Now, for them, it's unique. They had been with him from the beginning. But the whole point of the book of John, go look at chapter 15, is to abide and remain and to be with Jesus. And here's the thing. I promise you, if you hang out with Jesus long enough, you cannot help but to talk about him and support people who do. Do you get that? And that's why one of my favorite words To kind of recapture the idea of mission and evangelism and all of that, we we put it as part of our, our, our presentation of what it means to live out the mission in our church. There are three words that we use, right? What does it look like to live out this whole thing? Well, the first one, we won't talk about a lot today, is service. Like the first place, the first mission field is right here. You are given life in the family of God, so you're called to serve here. We should never have a problem in this church with volunteers for the children's ministry. Because God has pulled us into a family, we ought to be giving and giving back. So we serve first here. And yes, what what this Sunday is about, about missions. I love that this church understands that mission starts at home. It's a local mission and a foreign mission. But I think what stands at the bottom of all of that is this word that you find throughout Scripture, and it is rooted here. What are we being? We have the opportunity to be witnesses. Jesus says here, you will what? testify about me. I used to think I had to be the expert and I had to go give all the information and answers to people's questions. I don't. I'm a witness. I just tell the truth about what I've seen and heard. And if you hang out with Jesus long enough, you will love to tell the truth and to support the people who do with their words and with their actions. I love how practical the the MAG, the Mission Action Group, is. They say, here are three words that we want to come out of Mission Sunday, but this isn't just Mission Sunday. This is true for our whole lives. They say what? Give, go, and pray. I want you to think about again. Think about that image. One gift that you give when you spent $2 for some cookies today, that is going to have a ripple effect in the missions around the world. When you give... By the way, our giving isn't about, oh, okay, it's mission time. We've got to give money or, you know, we've got this contribution. Listen, giving is an opportunity to practice the very heart of God. We've said this before, but let's say it again. It's in the book of John. John 3.16 says what? For God so loved the world, he, he gave. We don't give because we have to or because we're supposed to support this stuff. We give because we are practicing the very heart of God who is already on mission. And that will have a ripple effect of impact. We go. Did you know one of the most commonly repeated words throughout the book of John is the word sent? We'll talk about it one more time two weeks from now. Jesus says, I was sent from the Father. In this text, he says, I'm sending to you the Holy Spirit. And then he will go on to say, now, as the Father sent me, I am sending you. And so when we talk about going on mission, whether it's a short term or a local one or around the world, this isn't just something we do, it's who we are. And I love that prayer is not a throwaway line here. Did you know this whole section in the book of John, the night before Jesus died, the longest chapter is a chapter 17, and it records the actual words of Jesus' prayer. And it's not just any prayer. It's a prayer for mission. And he's able to say in that prayer, Father God, I finished the work. That's my prayer, is that we finish the work of what we're called to do on this particular day, and then we're propelled out there for the rest of our lives. But isn't this beautiful? We have the opportunity to just simply bear witness to the life of God by giving and going and praying, not just for Mission Sunday, but in our everyday lives. Now, quickly, if you're like me, I'm going to think, man, I'm not qualified to do this. I'm not qualified for any of this. I'm scared to death, but here's the great thing. Anytime, whether it's around the world, whether it's in a moment here, whether it's in your daily life with your family, anytime you have an opportunity to tell the truth about Jesus and take a stand, guess what? You do not stand alone. You have with you the Holy Spirit of God who stands with you. You don't stand and testify alone. This is what Jesus says in this passage. He said, You must testify, but the first thing He said is, I'm gonna send the advocate, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, who's gonna walk alongside of you. And listen, He will testify, listen to me, not just about ideas or thoughts, certainly not about a religion. He said, He will testify about me. And what an incredible promise. Every time our children go and do what they're doing out there, I was testifying. I I bought a painting. And, And in that painting, I see the testimony of the Holy Spirit of God working in this painting of area to bring this to life and then to propel that impact around the world, right? Holy Spirit is testifying about the artistry of God. Isn't that beautiful? In every step we do, and when you go on a short-term mission trip, when you go around the world, when you give, when you do whatever you do, the Holy Spirit says, I promise you, you think you're doing a little bit, I'm going to testify about Jesus. Did you know every time I've said this before, I learned this from a friend of mine, every time you find yourself, if you are parents saying this to children, if your children speaking to your friends or whatever, any anytime you are telling the truth about Jesus, by your words or by your actions, guess what? The Holy Spirit is there saying what they're telling you is true. The Holy Spirit will testify about Jesus. You don't have to worry about the impact. let him do that. Isn't that glorious? So I asked Stephen, who's a member of our mission action group, can you give us something to end with today? Just give me an example of someone who models for us as a church what we want people to be about in our participation in missions. And I don't want to go at that from, again, going back to Camp of the Hills. I want to start there. And the work that, that we've been privileged to do, with Camp of the Hills. So you understand this is, a, this is an organization that has served over 14,000 children. And has helped over 14,000 children. Underprivileged children. poor children largely. And has taken those 14,000 children and in one way or another introduced them to the life and the love of Jesus Christ. That's powerful, is it not? Now how does something like that happen? Well Stephen said, you want a model of this? Then let me tell you about Diane Martin. And really, not just Diane, but he said, it's the whole family. It goes back to Ken. By the way, can I just say this? I never had the privilege of meeting Ken Martin, but I love him. And from the stories that you tell, from their elders to our members and all that, I, I, just one example, I want to be here on a Wednesday night when Ken Martin came and created community by bringing the food. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I wasn't here, but I, you know what? I can smell it. I can feel it. But you know, that's part of the mission work of these people. Ken and Diane and their whole family have participated. I, I jotted this down. Steven just gave me some, just some of the things they've done. Since um, Camp of the Hills began in the 1990s, they served on board member, as board members for decades. They financially supported it. They did counselor and camper support. They did fundraising efforts. They recruited staff. So they gave and they sent and they went, right? And they certainly prayed for these people. And he said, on top of all of that, it's just Camp of the Hills, I was talking with Ray Powell after. He said, you can't tell Diane not to go on foreign mission. You know, I I think she has actually been out of the country more in the last year or so than I've been out of the state. Now, here's the thing. If you talk to Diane, she's like, this is not about me, and it's not about Diane. Here's what I know about Diane. She is so captured with the love of Jesus Christ, with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. She cannot help but to talk about him. And to support people who do. And that's what we're about in this place. And did you know by the gift of the Holy Spirit that walks alongside of you, you get to do those kind of things too. You give and you go and you pray. And we let the spirit of truth ripple his impact for eternity on the faithful actions of his people. Father God, that's our prayer for this Sunday, and not just this Sunday, but every day of our lives, that increasingly, we know we will fail, but increasingly, as Holy Spirit walks along with us, that we step into your mission and your love for this world. Thank you, Jesus, for your gift, the gift of your life on the cross, but also the gift of your ongoing life in the presence of your Holy Spirit for mission. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.